Well, everyone, I just want to thank you for watching my television today. I'm so excited about giving you and preaching to you this last message about to whom it may concern. You know, we have done some cool things. We've been looking at uh, what it takes to refocus our life and reclaim our life. And last week, we looked at what we need to reestablish, reestablish in our lives or even establish in our lives in 2021 because of things that happened in 2020. And today, today we're going to look at what we need to redeem in our lives in 2021. What do we need to redeem? Redeeming is this idea of paying for. What is the definition of redeem? It says this, to purchase back, to ransom, to liberate or rescue from captivity or bondage from or from any obligation or to rescue or to recover or to deliver from. So what are we saying when we say, hey, in 2021, you need to redeem your time? Well, the idea is this, you need to buy back your time from what it is not being used best for. In other words, there's things that you're doing, you're not using the best use of your time, you need to buy it back, you need to take it back, take possession of it. It means to reconfigure our lives, to make the best of our time. And so today, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at what it means to redeem our time. We're going to look at the importance of redeeming our time. We're going to talk about the three areas in life that we should be redeeming our time in, because redeeming our time is valuable. Why is redeeming our time so important? Well, I believe this, because redeeming our time is a journey towards holiness. In other words, the entire journey of us as we give our lives to Christ is about redeeming our time, being more effective with our time for the cause of Christ. You know, when you get saved, obviously you're learning about the word, but our goal is holiness. Our goal is completeness. And so in that goal, in that journey, it's constantly a reevaluation of what we need to redeem, what we need to, we need to buy back from the world or our flesh so that we can accomplish accomplish the will of God. Because redeeming our time gives us more margin in your life to do what God will have you. I want you to think about that. Redeeming your time is giving you more margin, more space in your life to do what God has called you to do. And we know that God has called us to many things. What are those three areas that we're going to talk about? Well, we redeem our time in three areas. There this mentally, physical, and spiritual areas. Our mental time, our physical time, and our spiritual time, this is where we should focus our time on redeeming our lives. So remember, remember, as we get started, time, our time, when we say redeem our time, our time is our lives. Our time is our lives. Our existence, our breath is measured in time. And so when we say redeem our time, we're talking about redeeming our lives, the time in our lives. We also need to understand this, that uh, our life is measured by what we do with our time. So not only is our time our life, but our life is measured by what we do in our time. The dash between when we were born and when we pass away. And we go into the life after this one. This is what we're talking about. What does it mean to redeem our time? Well, it's interesting. I went online and I, I looked at a study done by American Time Use Survey in Jan June 25th, 2020 this year. And this is what they said the average Americans spend their time doing. Now, obviously, everybody has an adjustment to this, but this is the average people in America. 
8.5 hours we spend sleeping every single day of a 24-hour day. So let's just take those and sweep them right off the rug. 8.5 hours we work or we do work-related activities, driving to or driving from. This is what we do is 16. We're now up to 17 hours of our lives. 1.75 hours of our life is spent doing household activities like cleaning and cooking, repairing the house, doing the bills, mowing the lawn, house care. We spent 1.75 hours a day. 5.25 hours of our time is used on leisure things. Leisure things, 2.5 of which is watching television. Leisure things is in things that don't really matter. We just have, this is, we're done with work. We go home, we do leisure things, 5.25 hours. Now, what's interesting is this, we spend two hours on social media, which is not an extra two hours. It's actually two hours that's spent during the other times that we're distracted while we're spending our time doing these other things. So think about that, 5.2 hours leisure time, eight hours at work, and yet two hours on top of all that, we're constantly interfering ourselves with social media. We have two hours a day dealing with our kids. If you have children, you spend 45 minutes a day playing with your dog. If you have a pet, we spend 51 minutes of our time grooming ourselves for work. We do eight min 18 minutes a day, however, and unfortunately participating in religious activities or volunteer work. Did you get that? 18 minutes a day, the average person spends on church-related activities and or community work, volunteer work. The least of all the things that we do. It is, seems to be incredibly sad in this story. It's no wonder that Paul wrote this in Ephesians. It's no wonder that our minds and our, our time is completely consumed by other things. And Paul writes this to the Ephesians to tell us about what it means to redeem our time. It says this in 5.15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. The King James Version says, redeeming the time, same thing, because the days are evil, redeeming the time because the days are evil. See, our days are full of life apart from God. Our, our society spends their days apart from God. We are not redeeming our time and using it for what God would have us to do. Verse 17 says this, therefore do not be foolish, but understand, and this is a key, what the will of of God is. You see, the will of God is that we use our time for his glory, for his glory. Now notice Romans 12 verse 1 when it comes to this idea of will, the will of God and what that looks like and what it looks like to redeem our time. Let's read it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. We're familiar with this passage. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, redeeming the time, holy, an acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Redeem your time. Be transformed from one thing to another by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, again, will of God. Redeeming the time. Today is all about redeeming the time. We need to realize that how we spend our time matters to God. It demonstrates our spiritual maturity. Get a grasp of that. It, 
our, our, how we redeem our time, how we spend our time, how we engage in the best effort of our time shows our spiritual maturity. And remember that God expects all of our time, listen, all of our time to be spent glorifying him. Notice the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink and so whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other words, God's desire is that all that you do in life is bringing glory to him. You're representing him as salt and light in every single thing you do. And that's what it means to be fully in, all in with Christ, to be fully redeemed to God. And of course, all of us struggle in this. Everybody struggles in this. Everybody is struggling with time and stealing it back from the flesh and the devil and working this angle of trying to figure out how do I redeem my time for God. And the truth is in 2021, or 2020, we saw all kinds of things distracting us mentally, spiritually, and physically when it comes to redeeming our time. So let's, so let's look at these three areas of life that we need to redeem our time for. Let's, let's look at these ideas. This idea first I want to talk about is the idea of mental, this mental redeeming of time. What do I mean by that when I say that? The battle of the mind and heart is a never-ending battle. The mind is full of garbage. I don't know about you, but you're constantly, if you're like me, struggling in your mind to stay focused on what God would have you to because garbage is all around you and your mind is constantly absorbing thoughts and ideas and thinking and dwelling on things that are completely not godly, are completely distracting. They're destructive thoughts. They're, they're depressing thoughts. They're useless thoughts. They're sinful thoughts. They're distracting thoughts. Our mind is consumed by this. Our hearts are naturally, listen, are naturally drawn to deceitfulness and wickedness, the Bible says. And so this idea of us redeeming our minds, the time in our minds is so very, very important. Again, let's look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind that you, may, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewing of the mind. There is some value in this idea that our minds, the time we spend thinking about things matters and we need to redeem this time. Philippians 4.8 says this, finally, bro brothers, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, lovely whatsoever things are commendable, if there is any excellence, is there, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Listen, God cares about how we spend our time in our minds. And sometimes when we get distracted, we need to redeem our minds, redeem the time in our minds. Second Corinthians 10, three through six says this, for, the, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take, listen to this, every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. This is what we're doing. We're cleansing our minds. We're, we're controlling our minds. We're, we're captivating our minds. We're focusing our minds. Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2 says this, If you then have been risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. But what does he also continue to say? Set your minds. Again, 
your time in your mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things that are on the earth. Our minds, listen, our minds need a break. Our minds need a break from all of the garbage and the trash that we find ourselves thinking about. Our minds need a break. We need to redeem the time in our minds. It's so vitally important for us. But how do we do it? How do we actually get ourselves to get our minds clean? Take a time, take a time out in a moment. Well, we need to redeem our mental time by doing this, spending time in meditation. Spending time in meditation. I would dare say this, that 90 plus percent of the church today does not take time to just meditate on the Lord, to meditate on his law, to meditate on his will, to meditate on his desires for you, to be thinking about what God would have you do. This idea of meditation is what we want, what Christ wants us to be constantly thinking about, our minds constantly on bringing glory to him. This is what God's desire is. Notice what Joshua even said to the Israelites as they're going into the promised land and he's warning them and saying, hey, listen, this is what's going to be successful. This is how you're going to make it. Notice what he says in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not but depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, prosperous, and you will have good success. I want you to focus on the last part of that verse. It says this, for then you will make yourselves prosperous. When we met, meditate on the Lord, when we spend time thinking about God and the things that God would have us to do, we obtain the ability to be prosperous in life, in the things that matter with God. Strong families, strong relationships, strong work environment. This is what we create when we focus on the things of God, when we do it God's way, when we know his law. The word says that we will have good success. We will be happy and content in what we do. But not just meditating. Meditating is great, and sometimes we try to meditate while we're driving. Some of us meditate while we're in the shower. Some of us meditate on God's Word when we're getting ready or maybe at lunchtime. But I want to give you another thought. Not only meditation is important to renewing our mind, to redeeming the time in our mind, but spending time in stillness is the other thing that you can do. Stillness. My wife often asks me the question, what are you thinking? And sometimes I say to myself, nothing. And she's like, that is just not possible. In a woman's mind, it's impossible to be in the nothing box, to have nothing to think about. Like you're just doing nothing, you're thinking nothing, you're just literally a robot. That's what men can do. We have these little boxes called the nothing box. But the truth is this, how often do we just remove everything from our lives, meditate on the Lord, and then just be silent? Don't rush out to work. Don't rush out to do something else, but just spend some time in stillness. Stillness. Stillness helps us to redeem our minds. Listen to this. Psalms 46.10 says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted on the earth. 
God says, listen, just be still and know that I am God. Take a breather. Listen, some people that are watching my, be my television who are dealing with this election that we just had and, and the new president that we now have, and you're anxious and your mind is racing, you might want to just take a moment and breathe and be still and know that our God still reigns. He's still king. Wherever and whatever is happening in the world today, be still and know that he is God. Meditate on what we know is true and right and just and be salt and light in the world. So being still brings incredible clarity to our lives. Being still brings incredible clarity to your life and my life. We put everything in perspective in our minds when we're trying to redeem it, steal it back from the, the worries and the cares of this world where our minds are racing. And when we are just meditating and still, we have instant clarity that God is still on the throne and he's ruling forever. But not only do we need to redeem the time of our minds, but we also need to re redeem our time physically. We need to physically redeem our times. What is physically redeeming our times? Let's look at a few areas that we can do so. We, we don't have margin for God in our lives because our physical time, of the physical time available to do good's works is wasted on worthless things. We, we are so busy in our mind, in our, in our time physically, that we're unavailable. We're unavailable to do what we have been literally called by God to do, which is good works. We as Christians should be a life full of good works, not just doing good things for ourselves, but doing good works for the cause of Christ. Think about 5.6 hours in leisure time, two of them watching television, two hours on social media, and 18 minutes doing godly things. This is ridiculous. It should be the other way around. I don't mind balance, and I know there's a time to relax and just sit down and, and enjoy life, but I'm telling you right now, the Christian life is not designed to spend five and a half hours doing leisure time and 18 minutes doing godly things. This is not what God has called us to be. Notice Ephesians 2, 7, it says this, 7 through 10, so that in the coming ages he might show unmeasurable riches. This is Paul speaking to them of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you and I have been saved through faith. And it's not of our own doing. It's not because of the works that we did. It's the gift of God, this salvation that we have, eternal life that we have, nothing to do with us. Not as a result of works, so that none of us can boast. In other words, works that we do is, has nothing to do with our salvation. In other words, we don't work our way to heaven in any way. But he says this in verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, good works don't save us, but we were created to do Christ Jesus' good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has created the avenue for us as believers to engage in what he would have us to do, and it's good works. Not so that we can claim boastfulness to re receive Christ and go to heaven, but because God has called us to that after we have given our life for what Christ has done on the cross. Titus 2.11 says this, For by grace, by the grace of God has, has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. 
training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly possessions. In other words, redeem our time from the physical things of the world and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Redeem our times from what the world has to do these things, waiting for the blessed hope of eternal or the return of Christ and the appearing of the, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, listen to this, for us to redeem, uh, sorry, who gave himself for us to redeem for us all lawliness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are what? Zealous for good works. In other words, we were bought with a price. We were redeemed by Christ to be purified before him so that we might do or be zealous or be ex exasperately full of energy when it comes to good works. Good works, redeeming your time. This idea of the physical, do you live like this? We are called by God. We are called by God to be physically involved in good works, not wasting our time foolishly on other things, not wasting our time foolishly on other things. But what else has God in our physical world called us to redeem our time from? You see, we don't have margin for God in our lives because our physical time available is wasted on also, these misappropriated resources. Not only are we wasting our time to not do good works, to not engage in what God has called us to be zealous for, committed to, but we also completely find our time wasted around this idea of wealth, money, possessions, things. Things, we've got to have them. Everybody lives for stuff, junk. We find ourselves totally focused on our resources. See, we don't manage our resources well. When we don't re manage our resources well, our time is wasted on things that moth and rust destroy. We literally are wasting our time on things that have a shelf life for things that have an eternal life. This is what God has called us to do. Our resources were created to give us freedom not bondage. How many of you are bound by your possessions? In other words, you have a huge house, and so it takes you all this time to maintain it, to pay for it, to, to, per, to have it in possession, or you have a boat in the water, or you have an airplane, or you have a four-wheeler, and it just consumes your time, all the free time you have. You're tinkering on a hobby instead of giving glory to God and doing good works. This is a misallocation of resources. If we see our resources as God's, we use them well and live in freedom. When we see our resources as God's, we don't waste our time dwelling and focusing on them. We use them to bring glory to God. Every possession we have is built around this idea that I'm going to use it for God's glory. Can you use your possessions for God's glory? Have you found your resources, the time? that you spend on them being wasted away. Well, you say, well, I don't know that they're God's resources. Well, let's turn to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. See what the Bible says about that. It says this, Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, this is God speaking to the children of Israel as they go into the promised land, and keep my covenant, you shall be treasured possessions among all peoples. Wow. If you will indeed, think about these guys. If they will stay focused 
on the things of God, obey what he has to say, they would be personally God's treasured possession. Guess what? We as believers today, we are God's treasured possession because we have given ourselves to follow and obey God. Then he says this, for all the earth is mine. If you thought for a moment what you had was yours, you were gravely mistaken. The entire world, every human, every human creation, every physical thing, every natural thing, every tree, every plant, every animal is the Lord's. We do not possess them. We do not possess them. We need to redeem the time we spend on our physical resources by getting back to what making the best use of them looks like. What does the best look use of your resources look like? How have we as a church, as a people, as a moral people lost our way? What is it? Well, let me just go through these things because this is what the word of God says. Prioritize tithing to God's house first. In other words, the first thing that you and I should be doing with the possessions, the wealth that we have is giving our first fruits to the Lord. God says, hey, I only want the first 10% to satisfy and to do the work that I want to do in the kingdom of heaven or in this earth. Give the 10%. Give a tithe. How do we see this? You say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, let's just see what God really has to say. Jesus himself really has to say about what it looks like to give. This is Jesus speaking, and he's addressing a problem of people asking him a question about taxation. And he says this in verse 20, chapter 22 and verse 19. Show me the coin for the tax. In other words, they're challenging, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Caesar, and so Jesus says, show me the coin. They give him a coin. And he brought him, then they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is on this? In other words, whose name is on this? And they're like, well, it's Caesar's, right? And they said, Caesar's. And then he said unto them, this is powerful. Therefore, render, what does that mean? Pay or repay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. In other words, pay the tax to Caesar because he's owed the tax. It's his money. But render or pay to God the things that are God. Now, clearly this means more than just our tithe or our giving, but certainly he's talking at this time to them as well. That says, listen, you give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and you give to God the things that are God's. And at that point in time, it was what? Giving to the temple. Give to God. Now, eventually, he's going to say, I want you to give your whole life. But at this point in time, he's talking about giving their tithes, giving their offerings to the church. How about this one? This is interesting. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. What does Jesus say about tithing? He says, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be part, will be filled into your lap. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Giving. What does it look like? Hey, don't be afraid to give to God. Give and it will be given. Give and it will be given. I tell myself constantly that in my mind as I'm going throughout life, I think to myself, give and it will be given. Give and it will be given. I give my time to this person, to that person. I give my time and energy to the church. I want God to be first in my time. I know that if I give it, I'm going to receive it. If I give my time away, I'm going to get more time. That's what I found. When I hold on to my time and do my own thing, I have less time. Do we give our tithes to God? Notice this in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. 
Again, addressing the Pharisees, Jesus makes this comment. He says, woe unto you Pharisees, for you tithe. In other words, you give your 10% to the temple, to the church in mint and in rue and in every herb. In other words, you're so detailed in what you give your tithe to the church for, and yet you neglect the justice and the love of God. In other words, you, you do all the, you give the tithing, which again, we're going to find out is okay, but you forgot the weightier things of the matter. So I just want you to know right now, this giving to the tithe doesn't justify you to do whatever you want to do, live how you want to live. No, when we talk about redeeming our resources, when we talk about what God's desire is us for to use our resources for the best purpose, it's just a part of what God wants us to do with our lives. But notice how he finishes. These you ought to have done. In other words, this is true. You should tithe. This is Jesus speaking. But you ought to have done, you, you, ought not, you, ha, you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In other words, you ought to have done these things, like not forgetting to justice and love, but you also shouldn't forget what it means to tithe. So don't talk to me about Old Testament, New Testament. The reality is this. Part of our problem of our time being wasted doing all kinds of crazy things is because we don't prioritize giving to God, but it doesn't in there. It's not just there. It's not just giving to God because Christ also imp implies or tells us, Paul tells us, the word of God tells us we ought to be giving to others. In other words, we should be living our lives in such a way that not only do we give our tithes and offerings to the Lord through the temple or through the church, but we also give to people who are in need around us. It's not necessarily the church's job to take care of every person in need. No, it's our job. We should live in such margin in such redeemed time, redeemed resources that we live this way. Notice Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints. If you see a fellow brother or sister struggling, contribute to their needs. You know, you can't contribute to your needs if your resources are all tied up in your toys and in your possessions. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't do this. And that's what I'm calling you. I'm asking you. I'm making you, challenging you to think about well, how you need to redeem your physical resources, the time you spent on them. Notice Hebrews 13, 16 says this. Do not neglect to do good and to share, listen, what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to the Lord. Redeem your time. Spend your resources physically on helping others. Luke 3.10 says this. Jesus is asked a question, and this is how he responds. The crowds asked him, what shall we do now that we've heard this truth? He says this, and he answered them, whosoever has two tunics, let him share with the one who has none, and whosoever has food should do likewise. What's the principle? What's the idea? Not only do we give our tithes to the church, our offerings to the church, but we should live in such a way that we can help those around us. We need to be willing to do so. This is putting our finances, our resources in priority. The next idea about resources is this, avoid debt and get out of it as soon as possible. We're a, we're a country of debt. We're a people of debt. God did not design us to be in debt God did not design us to be owing people because he knows owing people controls us. It dictates where we can go and limits us in the way in which sometimes we can be engaged in what God would have us to do. Debt, debt 
Think about that. Romans 13.8, it says this. If you have any question, oh, no one anything. Let me say that again. Romans 13.8, oh, no one anything except to love each other. That's what you owe people. You owe people compassion and love and forgiveness. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The one who loves another has fulfilled the law. How about this? Proverbs 22, 7 says this. The rich rules over the poor, but the borrow is slave to the lender. How about this one? Proverbs 22, 26. Be not one of those who gives pledges, who puts up security for debts. In other words, goes out and gets a loan and puts themselves in debt where they cannot pay it back or they are controlled by that debt. That's the world we should live in. Is that America? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We find ourselves living in debt. It's controlling our lives. We work to pay off debt instead of working to glorify God. We are distracted. We need to redeem our time. What else is a priority we should set with our finances, this physical resource? Save for the future. God's desire is for us to save for the future. Proverbs 21.5 says this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty overcomes, is overcome only to poverty. In other words, don't try to get rich quick. Just be faithful servant, working hard and saving. Precious treasure and toil in Proverbs 21, 20 says this, are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it and has none. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whosoever gathers little by little will increase. Save some. How do you redeem your time? Man, you got, you got to give to the Lord. You, you got to have money to give to others. You, you got to have money to not be in debt. Don't buy junk you don't need. You need money to save for the future because you don't know what that's going to look like. Be wise and then live on the rest. Live on the rest. God wants us to live in, in joy and pleasure of what he blesses us with. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 says this, for the rich... This is, this is Paul talking to the rich and ch telling Timothy to challenge them. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on their uncertain riches. In other words, we don't save so we can put our faith in it. We save to use it later. We don't set our hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly provides for us with everything, listen to this, with everything to enjoy. In other words, God provides for us. Once we do God's will, once we do it God's way, the rest of it is, 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 is used for us to enjoy. Do we enjoy it? They are to do good, to be rich in, again, good works, to be generous and ready to share. This is why. This is why we have resources. This is how we should re use resources. These physical things we need to redeem, these things that we need to control. But we don't have margin for God in our lives because of our physical times available is wasted on misguided relationships. Guys, listen to me. We don't have margin for God in our lives. We don't have time in our lives for God because the physical time we have is not only foolishly spent on, on foolish things and foolish time, foolish possessions, but man, we spend it on foolish things or relationships that distract us from what God would have us to do. I'll never forget this. 
I was a basketball coach here at Anchorage Christian Schools, and I was the girls coach. And my first year uh, coaching, we had barely, we didn't, I think we won one game. We lost most games by 20 or 30, and, and I dedicated my life to transforming that athletic program at that time in my life. And I spent year after year after year developing players and, and working with them and having camps. And I mean, I don't know how much time that I spent, but I know it was astronomical. And in my last year of coaching, we made it to the state championship game. We've gone from literally winning one game to one game away from being the very best team in the state in 3A, and it was fantastic and amazing. I was so excited about the accomplishment that the girls had done, that we had done as a team. We ended up losing that game, and after that game, I remember just thinking in my mind, was all this worth it? And so as I was spending time reflecting on my life and my wife and I were talking one day, she's made a comment. She said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do or whether you're going to continue coaching or not, but do you realize that your daughter is 10 years old? And I looked at her like, what are you talking about? She's just a little kid. And I realized I had sacrificed relationships with basketball against a relationship with my own daughter. And that was one of the deciding factors that I just said, you know what, I don't need to be doing basketball. As much as I love it, as much as I see success, as much as I, I'm making a relationships with people, that's not important. I need to redeem my time with my daughter. I need to spend some time with her because ultimately I'm going to lose her if I'm not careful redeeming the time. Notice 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 says this, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially the members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Man, the desires, the needs of my daughter. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. Whosoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. Hmm, and the fool will be servant to the wise at heart. What do we redeem our time? What are we spending our time in relationships doing? Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the dis this discipline and instruction of the Lord. Are you, are, you, are you doing this? Are you so busy chasing something else? Are you spending time in other relationships that don't matter? How about this one, Ephesians 5, 33? However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Is your relationship time being redeemed, or is it wasted chasing careers, possessions, money, foolish things, television, I don't care what it looks like, Facebook, social media, stop, redeem your time. You're called to this. Relationships matter. But not only this, let's get to this last one. Not only is it physical relationships that are unfruitful in our lives that we should spend our time with God, but in 2021, we need to redeem our time mentally. We need to redeem our time physically, but we also need to redeem our time spiritually. Spiritually, what does that look like? You're like, wait a second, how do you redeem your spiritual time? How do you take from your spiritual time and and what would you do? I thought that spiritual time was godly time. Well, let me, just, let me just challenge you a little bit on that thought. What are we wasting our time on spiritually that we need to redeem? This is a good question. It's a tough question, and I'm going to get it from this. We need to redeem our time spiritually by never forgetting our first love. 
You, you say, well, wait a second. What does that have to do with anything? I'm here to tell you that we can go through the motions as Christians doing spiritual things, but missing out on the weightier things that matter. Let's just, just, just think about some of the churches in Revelation. What were they doing? They were doing good things, and yet God says, I'm going to steal your lampstand. In other words, you're doing spiritual things, but you're missing something. First one was this. They had forgotten the love of Jesus. Ephesus. Revelation 2 and verse 2 says this. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. Wow, it sounds like these guys are spiritual. It sounds like they're doing spiritual things, and they were. But then what does he say? But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. In other words, those spiritual things are great. But this one is more important. You've forgotten it. What have you forgotten? What are you spending your spiritual time doing that you have forgotten that you need to get back to because it's more important? What do you need to redeem in your spiritual life? How about this one? We need to redeem our spiritual time by focusing not on being a stumbling block for Christians. In other words, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, if you're a Sunday school teacher or, or whether you come to church every Sunday and worship God, if you're a stumbling block to the lost so that they cannot become saved. Notice this, the church of Pergamum. It says this in Revelations 2.13, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet I hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas. My faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Wow, you haven't denied me. You're here, you're doing spiritual things, but I have a few things against you. Hmm, you have some here who hold to the teaching of the Balaam, who taught Balak and put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel. A stumbling block. Listen, we can be as spiritual as we want to be, but if we're causing people to, to deny the faith or, or go away from the faith or we're a stumbling block for them, God's like, listen, redeem the time. That's not that important. Stop being a stumbling block. Do whatever it takes. How about this one? We need to redeem our spiritual time by not selling ourselves to false teachers. Oh, this world is so full of false teachers, prosperity gospel, and all these crazy talk things. Don't give your lives to them. Revelations, the church of Thyra, Thyatira. Revelations 2.19, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patience, endurance, that your later work succeeds your first. Man, you guys are doing great works. Matter of fact, these works are better than what you've ever done before, but I have this against you, that you have tolerated the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my service to practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. What were they doing? They were following, following false teachings. They allowed someone in the house to corrupt their minds in the world of impurity. Is this us? Redeem our time spiritually, get it back on track. We need to redeem our time spiritually by being alive, not asleep at the wheel. The church of Sardis and the angel of the church of Sardis write towards the words of him who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. You are dead. 
Wake up. You have a reputation of being alive, spiritual, redeeming. Redeem your time, review your life. And last one, of course, is the church of Laodicea. We need to redeem our time because we are finding ourselves to be lukewarm, not all in, not fully engaged. This is what it means to redeem our spiritual lives. Notice Revelations 3:14 says this, and the angel of the Lord to Laodicea write the words of the amen and the faithful and the true witness the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot, but I would that you would either hold or cold or hot. In other words, be on fire for me or don't. But because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Church, we need to redeem our time mentally. We need to redeem our time physically. We need to redeem our time spiritually in 2021. I'm begging you. I'm asking you, like I am doing, please join me in reviewing, reflecting, examining our hearts and seeing as we know all of us need to do because all of us, no matter who you are as a Christian, all of us can redeem some time in these three areas to accomplish the perfect will of Christ, which is our whole selves 100% to him. I believe this will transform 2021. I believe this is one of our problems we found in 2020, a distraction of time in these three areas. But if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you're like, I want, I want to tell you something. The ultimate picture of redemption is this, that Jesus came to this earth and redeemed you. He paid the price for you freely so that you could have eternal life. And you're watching me by television today. I'm begging you. I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. Give your life to Jesus Christ because all of us are sinners. You know you're a sinner and I know that I'm a sinner. We're both sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. We find ourselves not measuring up and all the works that we do are not going to get us to heaven. The Bible says the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ and we must confess his name as Lord. We must believe in our heart that he has risen from the dead. We must repent of our sins and be all in, pursuing a redeeming of our time from the world and giving our time to Christ. Will you do that today? Will you confess the Lord today? Will you become a Christ follower? And if you do that, Jesus says that I will come with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. God's word is truth. So I beg of you, would you give your heart to Christ today? Pray a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I pray that you would come inside of me and save me and change me and take me to heaven when I die. I confess that you are Lord and that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day from the cross. And I place my faith and trust in you. A prayer something like that, a declaration like that, a decision like that transforms lives. If you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you to contact us. And I'll give you that in just a minute. But for the rest of us Christians that are watching me, please, please stop wasting your time. Please stop wasting your time mentally on things that have nothing to do with God. Physically, that have nothing to do with God. Spiritually, 
that are dead because you're missing the point of what God would have you to do. Our job is to transform Anchorage with the gospel of Jesus Christ by bringing glory to him in everything that we do. Let's do that. Let's make a difference. Let's commit ourselves today that 2021 is about redeeming the time so that we can transform every Alaskan. We can make a big deal about following Jesus. This is what God is going to hold us accountable to. It's called redeeming the time. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. Lord, I ask and I pray that we as believers would redeem the time. Lord, we would give back, take back from what we've given to Satan that we haven't harnessed in, Lord, to give you glory. Lord, we know that our, your desire is to know us completely. And Father, your desire is for all of our time to be used. But as we are being sanctified in you, as we are growing in our faith to you, Lord, just help us to constantly, continually be redeeming our time mentally and physically and spiritually so that we might become holy and be prepared to meet you face to face. Lord, I fall so short of that. And I beg for you to constantly remind me as I spend time meditating and quietly with you. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, amen and amen.